Welcome to the Studies in Proverbs podcast, produced by HeartCry Missionary Society. This is taken from a video series you can find on our website, heartcrymissionary.com. HeartCry is a missionary society founded by Paul Washer. The goal of our ministry is to glorify God and bring the greatest possible good to humankind through the preaching of the gospel and the establishment of biblical churches throughout the world. Visit heartcrymissionary.com to view our other productions and to find out more about HeartCry Missionary Society. Well, we're going to begin our next uh, study. This is study number two, and we're in Proverbs chapter 1, 1 through 7. And we're going to be looking at some very, very important truths uh, about this text. But let's read it first. Now you say, well, in the last study we read it. Now, young person, let me share something with you that's very, very important. Paul commanded young Timothy to carry out the public reading of Scripture in the congregation. And the king of Israel was required to sit down and read from the book of the law. One of the the things that we need to realize today that's so very important is that we live in this internet age um, where everything is bite-sized. You know, we we don't even type anymore. We just put little figures and all sorts of things that old people like me can't understand. Um, You need to train yourself to read. And you need to train yourself to think and concentrate when someone else, like the pastor, is doing a public reading of Scripture. You, you need to train yourself to, to grab a hold of those words and to think about them. This is not something that's easy. You have to train your mind to do it. But if you will do it, it will be the greatest, greatest blessing to you. So let's read Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to discern the sayings of understanding, to receive instruction and wise behavior, righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the naive, to the youth knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase in learning, and a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. To understand a proverb and a figure, the words of the wise and their riddles, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for your word. And I pray, dear God, that you would help us to understand it. And, oh, dear God, that that the young people who are listening to these lessons will see Christ, will cherish Christ, and seek to live in wisdom for the honor and glory of Christ. Please help them, Lord. Convert their hearts. uh, Change their minds from from a direction that thinks only of this world to a mind that thinks much on God and thinks much on the glory that comes from Him. Father, please help us. In Jesus' name, amen. Now notice, well, we only got through through two words, didn't we, in in the last study. We got through the Proverbs. Well, let's look at um, of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. Now, notice the two figures here. Very important people in the history of Israel and in what we call redemptive history. Now, when I say redemptive history, what am I talking about? I'm talking about throughout human history, we have this amazing work of God. And you can see it from, from all the way from the beginning of Genesis all the way through till today. You see, some people 
Uh, some theologians, theologians are, are men who study theology, and there are women theologians too. As a matter of fact, everyone's a theologian, just some of them are not very good at it because they don't spend enough time in the scriptures. But theologians will often refer to that as a scarlet thread. You see all these things of human history, wars and civilizations and inventions and so many things going on. But all throughout it, there's running this, this scarlet thread of God's work of salvation. He's saving people, saving people. He's building his church. Well, these two characters here, Solomon and David, are very, very important. Now, what were they known for? Well, first of all, let's, let's look at David. Now, I want you to turn in your Bible. I want you to open your Bible. Again, it's so important that you be like the Bereans that Paul talked about. Young people, you need to be noble. And to be noble, you need to have your Bibles open. And you need to examine the things that are being taught to you. Not just while they're being taught, but also afterwards. Also, talk to your, talk to your parents. Talk to your pastor. Now, I want you to look at 1 Samuel uh, 13 verse 14 and it says but Saul, uh, Samuel is talking about King Saul now King Saul had been picked to be the first king of Israel and and he did not do a very good job he did that which was right in his own eyes and he did so not because he was just uh, uninstructed it was evidence that he simply did not fear the Lord and did not take serious his commands so in verse 14, the prophet Samuel says, But now your kingdom shall not endure. The Lord has sought out for himself a man after his own heart, and the Lord has appointed him as ruler over his people, because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. Now, he describes David here as a man after God's own heart. So that, that's what David was known for. And if you read the book of Psalms, in, in spite of all of David's failures, and there, and there were many, just like all of us. Remember, there's only one hero in this story. In, in spite of all his failures, he never fell into idolatry. He always trusted in, in the Lord his God. And when he was confronted with his sin, he repented. And sometimes in, in a most profound way did he repent. So he had a heart for God. He was a man after God's own heart. He, he wanted to glorify God. He wanted to please God. David really had a heart that, that had been changed. Okay. Now, what is Solomon known for? David's son. Well, I want us to go to 1 Kings chapter 3. I'll give you time to get there. 1 Kings chapter 3, uh, verses, verse 7. Now, we don't know exactly how, but Solomon was a fairly young man when he became king. And so in, in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 7, here he is praying. And he says, Now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in the place of my father David. Yet I am but a little child. I do not know how to go out and come in. That means I, I don't know how to act. Your servant is in the midst of your people which you have chosen, a great people who are too many to be numbered or counted. So give your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, to discern between good and evil, for who is able to judge this great people of yours? Now go to chapter 4 and verse 29. Look what it says. 
chapter 4, verse 29. Now God gave Solomon wisdom and very great discernment and breadth of mind like the sand that is on the seashore. Solomon's wisdom surpassed the wisdom of all the sons of the east and all the wisdom of Egypt. For he was wiser than all men. Now think about that. Now look down in verse 32. He also spoke 3,000 proverbs, and his songs were 1,005. Then we go on down further in verse 33 and, and 34. He even talked about what we would call natural science. He even taught on that. And people came from all over the world to hear the wisdom of Solomon. So now, what do we see? We see two things. We see David as a man after God's own heart. But sometimes he didn't act very wise. Sometimes he did. But there were many, many places in his life where he simply didn't act with wisdom. Now, there's Solomon, who had more wisdom than anyone. But what happened? Later on in his life, he began to associate with those people, particularly with wives who, who followed a foreign god. They were not women who were faithful to the God of Scripture. And Solomon's heart was pulled away by them. And he became an idolater. And he suffered greatly for it. And Israel suffered greatly for it. So what I want you to see is this, and it's so important, young people, you need wisdom, but without a heart for God, your, your wisdom will not help you very much. And I've seen it. I have seen people identified with Christianity who literally consumed the book of Proverbs. I mean, everything in their life was a principle, even the way they, they combed their hair. I mean, everything was some kind of a principle that they supposedly pulled out of Scripture. But you did not see in them a heart after God. You saw, that, you saw that they had something like a, a heart after principles. And, and that's no good. That's like if, if someone you dearly love sent you a letter and you loved the letters more than you loved them. Don't be that way. You need a heart after God. Now, at the same time, you know, there's, a, there's an old, old saying, not necessarily in the scriptures, but you don't let go of one in order to grab the other, because both things are good. You need wisdom, so don't let go of it. Certainly, don't let go of the book of Proverbs. At the same time, though, you need more than just some understanding of the mind. You know what else you need? You need a heart. You need a heart after God. Now, here's something that I want to share with you. And again, you're saying we're not getting very far in the book of Proverbs, but this is kind of a foundational work that we really need to get through for you to understand. Because I don't want you to study this book with a wrong foundation or with some glasses on that kind of distort everything. You see, you need wisdom. You need intellectual facts that come from Scripture. You need knowledge. But, but young person, listen to me. Without a heart, none of it's going to matter. And what do I mean by a heart? Well, the Bible says that you and I were born with a nature that is at enmity with God. That means we do not desire the God of the Bible. We do not desire His will. We may desire religion. We may desire the praise that comes from it. But we really don't want the holy and righteous and good God of Scripture. 
And, and this, this nature of ours, is, it, it's not just some learned behavior. It, it is, it's in there. It is, uh, it's who we are. Now, in the person of Jesus Christ, because of what he did on the cross, here we go back to Jesus again, because he's everything. Because of what he did on the cross, God can now give you a new heart. He can. Through faith in Jesus Christ. Now, we don't want to get into all the intricacies of, of, of a doctrine called regeneration, but I want you to understand what it is. You've probably heard the phrase, uh, be born again. John chapter 3, you may have heard a preacher screaming out on the street, you must be born again. And Well, what he's saying is true, but you need to understand what it means. It's more than just a human decision. Far more than that. As a matter of fact, the human decision to follow Jesus Christ is the result of this great work a supernatural work of the Spirit in which He recreates you. He takes out that heart of stone. That's Ezekiel 36. Now, when it says a heart of stone, it, you know, stone is inanimate. That's a fancy word for dead. Okay, you can pinch it, kick it, pluck it, yell at it. It's not going to respond. Well, we had a heart that was like stone to God. Wouldn't hear Him, wouldn't respond to Him correctly. Okay? Now, it was alive, but it was alive to all the wrong things. It was alive to sin, to self-idolatry, and all sorts of other evils, but dead to God. Now, in Ezekiel chapter 36, and in John chapter 3, we hear this wonderful message that the Spirit of God can come and give us a new heart and change us, not from the outside in, but the inside out. Because that's what's important. All changes on the outside without changes on the inside will produce nothing but hypocrisy. And always remember, God can see inside. So if the outside changes, you may impress a lot of people, but you're not going to impress God. So we need God to give us a new heart. If you find in yourself that you're really not interested, you know, your parents drag you to church, you really don't care, um, you're forced to read your Bible, maybe. You're told to, and you do it just to get it done. Those are indications that you need a changed heart. Now, I want to tell you something. All of us, even the old Christians like me, sometimes, you know, we don't want to pray. We don't want to read the Bible. And, and sometimes we're so tired, we don't even want to go to church. We have to fight against that. But if you look at our lives, there's a definite change of heart. We know we need the Word of God. We know we need to pray. We know we need the fellowship of a congregation and we need to listen to godly sermons. We know it. And for the most part, we rejoice in it. But if you're a person who you find no benefit in these things, you just do them because, well, it's required of you, then you need more than just the principles that are found in the book of Proverbs. You need a new heart. You need to go to God and you say, God, let me say this. God knows so you might as well be honest. Hiding things from God get, gets you nowhere. Go to God and be honest. God, I see my parents loving you, it seems. I see maybe some of my siblings. That means my other brothers and sisters. And they seem to care about the things of God, but I just feel like dead. To be honest with you, there are other things that entertain me more. Can you recognize how wrong that is? That, that you're dead and unresponsive to the very one who made you, 
to the one who loves you and gives you every breath and every beat of your heart, do you realize how wrong that is? It is, my dear friend, a very wrong. Cry out to him. And recognize this. Do you want to be saved? Do you want to be a Christian? Then you can be. There is no person who desires genuinely to be saved that cannot be saved. Trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, John 3.16 is still my favorite verse. It's the first one I memorized and it's, it's still there. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, his only son. And not a son like mine. I, I love my sons, but he gave his perfect son, the fullness of deity, he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him, that the one believing in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And remember what I said, even this old preacher that spends so many years serving the Lord, if I died right now, I would go to heaven for the same reason the thief on the cross went to heaven. No more, no less. Jesus Christ suffered in our place as our substitute. And his suffering and his death was sufficient not only to pay for everything we've done against God, but also his perfect life is granted to us so that we stand before God completely forgiven and righteous through Jesus Christ. Now, so what do we need? We need both things, don't we? We need a heart after God. But that heart after God needs, needs some wisdom, needs a lot of wisdom, because this is a very, very dangerous world that we live in. And, and you need God's word. You're, let me share something with you. Now, don't be, don't be angry. You're not as smart as you think you are. You're not as smart as you think you are. You may think you know all the answers. You don't. But also know this. There are questions out there you don't even know. You need God's wisdom. You truly do. And when we come back in our next lesson, we're going to continue. And um, remember, we don't have to get through this fast. We just have to get through this. Gleaning the great truths of the book of Proverbs, but of all the scriptures and particularly the gospel. We need the gospel. And what is that? Christ died for our sins. He truly did, according to the scriptures. And he was buried in proof that he truly died. And he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. And eternal life is found only in him. And not just eternal life, abundant life. This world really has nothing to offer you. Christ not only has everything to offer you, Christ is everything. So God bless, and I'll see you in the next lesson. Thank you for listening to the Studies in Proverbs podcast produced by HeartCry Missionary Society. Visit heartcrymissionary.com to view our other productions and to find out more about HeartCry Missionary Society.